AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Electoral College was set up, honestly, just to keep slave states in the same kind of power level with northern states. So we're working on such an old racist system that said, okay, well, those of you in Virginia and South Carolina, we don't want you to feel left out. So we'll give you, we'll count black people or enslaved people as three-fourths of people so that we can add them up and they become more numbers and you can have more electoral votes so that you can have more of a say. So our stuff is just like really slanted already. And we got to kind of go in and clean a lot of it out. On today's episode of Naked, we are talking about voting. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. 
I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with In a world with vulnerable, considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with Hey everybody, welcome to Naked. Today's episode, I'd like to call it Time for an Education with Stephanie Young. Uh, I'll tell you who Stephanie is in a minute, but you know we like to talk about different people um, on this podcast in terms of how they've been able to accomplish or overcome certain uh, trials and tribulations in life. But today, we are talking about voting and not just the fact that you need to go out and vote because everyone knows that message, but we're talking about what it means to vote, what it looks like, why voting, in fact, was taken away in different areas of our lives, Roe versus Wade, how it's still happening today, and how voting originally started. Voting was originally for white men, if you will, right? Rich white men. And they had to expand it, which included, you know, slaves and and women and marginalized people back in the day. And then they had to give it to all of us. And all they're doing right now is finding new ways to make sure that the marginalized, that's me, that's your mother, your cousin, if he is, if he is a black or brown person, they're finding ways to make sure that we cannot vote. And it's really sad. And I know people glaze over and they don't want to talk about this topic, but it's important. Uh, We have midterms coming up and that's usually when people could care less. And you don't know what that means. That's in November. You're like, what, what, when do I vote? I don't, what's going on? It's November 8th. 
you need to get out and vote. These are the most important times in which we should be voting. So today I've invited Stephanie Young on to talk about what it all means. She's the executive director of When We All Vote. It is a nonpartisan voting group launched by Michelle Obama in 2018. My girl Michelle did it. And I participated in some of their events, Culture for Democracy, and they have been doing the work. The work is quite simply educating people and making sure people do not feel intimidated by voting. So on today's podcast, Stephanie is such a gifted leader and speaker, and she has lived the life. She literally has lived the life. She knows what it's like to be in Washington, D.C., to be in these powerful rooms. She worked for the Obama administration. She understands what is happening and what's at risk. So I hope you all pay attention and truly understand that there is a message here for us to get out and vote. Stephanie Young, thank you so much for being here on Naked. Um, I know you uh, as a badass, as you are, uh, someone who is definitely um, devoted to making sure equity is in our world today. So I appreciate you. Um, The vehicles in which you use, obviously, you have a huge platform when it comes to politics and voting. And I want to thank you for all that you do. But by way of background, um, let me start with this. Tell everyone about Stephanie Young and what you do. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I love you and I admire you so much and all the work that you've done to ensure you're bringing such a diverse set of voices to the table to talk about the issues that impact our community the most. So kudos and thank you to you. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'm, look, I'm originally from Atlanta, but I've lived all over. I was introduced to, I would say, politics and civic engagement and all that kind of community work through my parents. My father was a senior bishop in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and I got the privilege to live in South Africa during the transition from democracy, well, apartheid to democracy in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And so I got to witness firsthand what it looks like to build a a democracy and make sure that there's free and fair elections. And that imparted so much um, on me and the way in which I look at the world and and look at my own gifts and talents and how am I using that to, to really push us us forward. My background is in political communications, but I did spend some time outside of that world and worked in the private sector, uh, worked at, at BET and also NBC Universal Cable Entertainment for a little bit before being sucked back into this world. <laughs> <laughs> they can't let you go. It's like my world. Once we get in, they don't let you go. They don't let yeah, you go. It, it's like, I definitely stay away. <laughs> I have to tell everyone this antidote because on my social media, um, Culture for Democracy, when we all vote, uh, I got so much response and feedback and people were saying, how'd you guys get all these celebrities there? By way of background, when we all vote, I am talking to Stephanie because Stephanie runs that. She walked up to me one day in an event and asked me to be a part of it. And I was so very humbled and so grateful that you saw, because it's really hard to transition as a woman who has a voice and primarily known in sports. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows me knows I'm activated when it comes to culture and voting and making sure that more specifically my platform is about brown women winning. And so thank you for that opportunity. Can you tell everyone um, what your role is at When We All Vote and more specifically what that is? Yeah. So When We All Vote is a nonpartisan initiative launched by Michelle Obama, former first lady in 2018. And our whole mission is to change the culture around voting and to increase participation participation in every election by closing the race and the age voting gap. And I am the executive director. I started out when she decided to launch in in 2018. And I've been there uh, ever since really building our relationship and our brand. And um, my whole goal has been, how are we making ourselves culturally relevant? How are we using voices like yours to reach people where they are? Uh, We we work Mm -hmm. a lot with athletes, uh, influencers and artists. Mrs. Obama has a number of co-chairs that join her. So folks from Jennifer Lopez, to Selena Gomez, to uh, Chris Paul and Steph Curry sit on um, on her board as, as co-chair. So, um, you know, we really are trying to do this differently. Um, and we're not trying to do this type of work uh, only in like high political seasons, but consistently where we're engaging in community and we're talking about how everything that we're seeing around us, how that is all impacted by voting. Because people often like to say, well, psh, 
I want to talk about voting. Let's talk about policy change. Let's talk about this. Well, nothing happens if we don't vote. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is literally the gateway uh, into, into seeing any type of change. So uh, I decided that um, I really wanted to bring together a cross-section of industries to talk about what is all of our collective responsibility in protecting and expanding democracy. We've seen over 500 voter suppression bills all over this country introduced to stop Black and brown people and young people and those with disabilities from voting. Uh, and that's purposeful because we're so powerful when we actually all vote together. Uh, and so I want folks in all industries to see that they play a role in this. So that's how the Culture of Democracy Summit came to light. We brought uh, people from tech, entertainment, sports, uh, music uh, to talk about everything that we all can do together consistently. And there's never been a national conversation at that level. So I'm, I was so grateful that you participated and that we had so many amazing voices participate that day because what we did was show that democracy is owned by all of us. It's a team sport. It's a consistent sport and we can never get off the field. We have to be uh, focused um, and we have to, to do all that we can uh, through the avenues that we have to make it better. So as you're saying this and I'm listening, she's like, thank you for coming. I, you guys, I was happy to be there. It was, a, it was, it was a, not even necessarily just only in addition to stars, but there were people who you knew were activated and you wanted to meet them and tell them, thank you for the work that you do. You put together a great group of people, people that I know outside of that event. And I'm like, this is amazing. So, and, and who's not showing up for Michelle? Like really like. <laughs> Like Michelle could be like, you know what, Carrie? I just need a kidney. I'm like, you know what, girl? I just need a kidney. I'm gonna give you this right one because I don't think I drank that much. So, so the, the reality is, culture for democracy is our culture. Everything right. that matters to us, and how mm-hmm. all we across all the culture, it's a collective. Whether, like you said, sports, politics, entertainment, science, tech, we all have something to say, and we all need to be together, working together. Yep. How? How difficult is it, especially for our folks, how difficult is it for them to really, truly understand the power of their vote, especially as we have midterms coming up? So one, tell me what midterms is. And Mm -hmm. two, why is it so difficult to get us out? And people think you only vote for the president every four years. (laughs) Well, you know, the midterm elections are incredibly important because we have all 435 members of Congress up for election. So every crazy member of Congress that you've heard say something weird, they actually are up for re-election. So like and, if I wanted to get Margie Green out or I create, create or, or Matt Gates, I'm just asking anybody, this is my, not your, your opinion, but I'm saying if I was going somewhere and I had some names that I was upset with, the midterms is where it happens. If somebody's listening. It happens. Yeah. You can be fired from your job if you are a member of Congress um, every two years. So there's no reason why someone should hold office forever, literally, because you have an opportunity to, to vote them out. And historically, midterm elections are uh, low turnout. Uh, in 2018, we saw an increase in turnout, especially young amongst young people. We hope to to see that continue this year, but um, you know, and that's why we're putting all of our effort into ensuring that people are, are registered, but they're they're making their plans to vote. But it's not just members of Congress. We have over 30 senators that are up for re-election in states like Georgia, where I'm from, and other places. In addition to that, we have people like secretaries of state. These are the people who determine what elections look like in your state. So whether or not you're going to have a partisan election, someone who has an idea of who they want to win, uh, and they're going to do everything that they can to, to uh, you know, screw with democracy to ensure that, you know, they have their final say, um, or we are able to elect people who do believe in democracy. And I think that we we sometimes look at these, these races or these elections as like, an immediate fix. This is not, this is, this is more like making an investment in, in all, our long-term health as a country. So if we don't vote uh, in this midterm election, we're giving people who might not believe in democracy an opportunity to sit at the table and say, I determine what this state uh, election is going to look like from here on out, meaning in 2024, when maybe a candidate they don't like who, who wins uh, the presidency, uh, they'll, they'll say, I don't have to certify this election. I think everybody remembers what happened on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we all, because we're so desensitized, just looked away. But that was a big deal. It still is a big deal. And there are people who still believe in the big lie that the 2020 election was illegitimate. And a lot of those people are running for office. So it's very, very important that we're paying attention. And also there's there's those governors who are up for election mayors. And these are people who are going to make those immediate decisions um, in your life. So, um, you know, what, what I, again, like to say is voting is that long-term investment that we have to make. 
And we cannot sit out. And because when we do sit out, there are other people who are ready to make decisions for us. And, and look and look and see where we are with the Supreme Court. We have such a partisan Supreme Court. We've never seen this um, at this level. And by partisan, you're saying it could have, we could have changed the makeup of the court. It's conservative. Yeah. And so that's why Roe versus Wade was reversed. And yeah. that's because if we even take it back to the beginning of this, that's why we vote. People don't understand the philosophy. If we pay attention to what's happening and we put certain people in power, this is what can happen when we ignore. When we ignore our, it. And when we ignore it, yeah. And they're counting on us to ignore it. To ignore it, So when yeah. people are like, I'm not falling for that, I'm like, actually, you are falling for it. But what you're so, saying right now is what they want you to say. Like, this, none why, of this. Why don't we understand the important? Okay, midterms are coming up. Right. Why don't we understand, myself included, the importance of it? Why is the messaging being muted? Is that purposeful yeah. or is that we're not doing a good job in getting it out? Well, look, the federal government needs a marketing team. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> wish, I wish they'd get on board with that, right? <laughs> right. I, mean, I work in political communications and like, and also yeah. in public engagement and the, the Obama White House. So that was basically marketing, but it's not. And then we work with like an ad campaign, like an ad company on like some pro bono stuff. But no, seriously, like there's no reason why organizations like ours exist. Think about it. Like it's the government's job to help us, A, get registered like, I don't even know why we actually have to register in countries like Australia. Like, if you if you aren't registered to vote, you have to pay a fine. In other places, there's automatic voter registration. Why it's don't like, we do it, that? Why it, don't we do that? Because voting has never been for us in this country. If you think about why, it, though? voting initially started for white land-owning men. That was mm. who it was for. So if you were a poor white man or you didn't own any land, you couldn't even vote, right? And then eventually it expanded uh, to all, you know, all white men and then eventually expanded to white women and then eventually expanded to everybody else because voting is power. So and, voting has always been exclusive, not for us. And since right. its inception and when they've expanded it for all of us, there are those who still want to take it away and take it to its original state. Absolutely. And, you know, and then also you have a Supreme Court that after President Obama was reelected in 20. Uh, 12 and 2013, they gutted the Voting Rights Act. So basically what they said was that, you know, there's really no racism anymore. Um, look, we have a black president, so we don't need protections in states like Alabama or Mississippi or Georgia or Florida because, you know, there's no racism. So people should be able to make whatever voting laws they want. And then they went absolutely berserk and crazy uh, with all the voter ID laws. Um, you know, and if you think about it too, all the formerly incarcerated Americans who lose their right, they still have to pay taxes, but they also can't vote. All of these things are purposeful. And I know that it feels heavy and it feels like, oh my gosh, this is so much kind of information to intake. Um, and you might feel overwhelmed, but voting is absolutely the least thing, least that you can do. And I'll also ask you, like, do you remember learning about voting in high school? Like, no. what do you remember about learning <laughs> when nothing. it came to student engagement nothing. at all? Nothing, 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 nothing. Exactly. So, and, and school boards make those decisions. School boards are also people, elected officials in your, your city. Uh, in addition to that, you know, if you think about back to the Reagan administration, there was a lot of severe cuts to public uh, education that also happened right after, really, um, integration. <laughs> so once black people or the people of color had got access to education, it was like, well, let's not let's not fund these schools uh, in downtown Atlanta. Let's fund the schools in the suburbs uh, where the property values are a little higher. So and we'll get every those- time we make some progress, right? We, especially the marginalized, the black, the brown, the women, there is always an opposing voice throughout history. If you look back, that says, "No, not so much." Let put yeah. let's put a caveat here. Let's find a way to handicap this the right that they have won. Let's find a way to to really undermine the good that is probably being done here, so that the power stays with the people who originally had power, and that was rich white men, and that is rich white men. Today. Yeah. And, and, and that's who this country was built for, created for, right? I think, you know, when people think about critical race theory, they don't know what it is, number one. Mm. Um, really what it is, is, is looking critically at how race has impacted every aspect of our life and our institutions, right? So how this, how our institutions have been created to protect basically white supremacy um, and institutions like, you know, different institutions within our government and voting is, is, is one of those institutions. And I think that, um, you know, now we're in this period of great awakening where more of us are like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel fair. This doesn't feel like a true democracy. So, you know, we're, we're in this, this time of transition and that's why sticking with it 
uh, focusing, paying attention, supporting organizations like mine, making sure that you're registered, you're ready to vote, you're talking to the people in your lives is so critically important because in order for us to move past this this place in space, we have to have this consciousness, right? Um, So that we can change things and and really get back, um, or not get back, but create a new track. I'm going to talk to the typical voter. I can, and it's annoying. Most people, and this is embarrassing to say, but in my world, if you talk to a lot of these athletes, the first time they voted was when Barack was running for Mm -hmm. office, if they are of a certain age. And Mm -hmm. the others now are really apathetic about the process. I can't, there are so many people. My can have been apathetic about the process, meaning, you know, you you just don't see the hope. So you get into, Stephanie, let's do a uh, worst case scenario. Someone is listening and they say, I actually want to go and vote. I'm going to vote in the midterm election. They've been advertising it. I've been paying attention. I want a new mayor. I want a new, whatever it may be, because it's always something up, right? For the better, right? Yeah. So, so they get there and they don't know anything. They just know about the one person that they came to vote for. What do you suggest in that moment? Do you yeah, take so a voting guide with you? Y- you can, or better yet, you can come to whenweallvote.org. We have a whole voting or election center and we have a tool called Ballot Ready. And basically you can look up your ballot and see what's on your ballot ahead of time. So you put your information in and you can look and see, okay, these different you know, provisions are on my ballot, these different candidates are on my ballot, and I, you can read literally about each and every one of them. Um, so it gives you more time to, to digest and understand. What we know through our research is that people are really intimidated by the process. So when they're like, I want to vote, sometimes it's coming from really just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are self-conscious about it um, because we're talking about how this is such a big election and this is going to, there's so many consequences and people feel sometimes I'm not qualified to be able to make decisions that big, right? Um, so, but being able to look at your ballot ahead of time, and that gives you the confidence in walking in the booth and knowing that you're going to make some good choices and decisions because you're prepared. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can look look up that tool uh, with us at When We All Vote, um, but we partner with an organization called Ballot Ready to do that. Um, and that hopefully will give you the confidence that you need. Yeah. Um, and just look, just <laughs> sometimes you have to go with your gut too. I don't want to pretend like I walk into the voting booth and every time I'm like, yeah, I know this, I know that, I know this person. Um, sometimes I just vote for my party, the party that I want to vote for. Um, and that's just, that's how I decide to to do it that, that time. But, you know, the, it's, it's, it is made, um, I think extra complicated, uh, for a reason. And I think that we're, we're not prepared in school. Um, and, but that's where we come in. We want to be that helpmate and we want to make sure that you feel supported in the process and you do not feel intimidated because trust me, somebody who is not as smart as you is going in there and they're voting in ways and they're not thinking about you at all. At all, at all. So, so, so if you had to, and I'm going to go a little personal here, you yeah. said, you know, you live with your father in South Africa and you watched as they rebuilt a democracy and that really planted a seed for what you know it can be or what it looks like or what it could look like. No system okay. is perfect. No. Um, but if you look, you've worked with Obama, you work with the Obama administration, you know, you've been in D.C., you know that world. That world is so unfamiliar and intimidating to, to most, myself included. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I hang out, we have mutual friends. I go to D.C., I'm like, this world is something. <laughs> it is something, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So what do you find personally? What do you think is the biggest threat? Obviously, our threat to democracy, but what is the <laughs> biggest threat? What do we really need to hold on? If there was one thing that you said, let me work on this, because I think that will open up everything yeah. in terms of equity. Oh, gosh. You know, I think the problem is that there isn't just like one thing, right? Mm. Um, when you look at a true democracy, it's like one one vote like counts, right? Fully. But if you live in certain states, um, we still go by this electoral college situation, which is super old school. And for those people who don't know what the electoral college is, it's basically gives states a certain number of votes uh, so that um, no matter kind of how the state, let's just say the state all votes for one person, that that goes to um, uh, the majority of those uh, votes in that state go to one candidate. So what that means is that if you voted for someone else, your vote kind of doesn't count. And that's mm-hmm. demoralizing. Um, mm-hmm. And the Electoral College was set up, honestly, just to keep uh, uh, slave states in the same kind of uh, power level with northern states. So we're working on such an old racist system 
that said, okay, well, those of you in Virginia and South Carolina, we don't want you to feel left out. So we'll give you, we'll count black people or enslaved people as three fourths of people so that we can add them up and they become more numbers and you can have more electoral votes so that you could have more of a say. So our stuff is just like really slanted already. And we got to kind of go in and clean a lot of it out. Um, So it's hard to say like one particular thing, but I would say right now in this moment, what scares me the most is uh, misinformation that people are, are consuming every single day. And I think not just about like, um, you know, the, the fake news that's like passed around on social media and social platforms. I think about some like real, quote unquote, reputable cultural sources that like spew and like lift up the weirdest, the wrong, like many, many wrong people consistently and, and, and the spewing of bad information. And I am so actually shocked at how misinformed our people are. So the one thing I would say is I, like social media is not, is not a news source. Now, if you are following uh, Vox, if you're following Associated Press, if you're following, you know, um, you know, other reputable news sources, the New York Times, Washington Post, papers and, and media outlets of record, that's that's news. But what somebody is posting on Facebook or what they're posting on Instagram or TikTok, that is not real. And like you we so that stuff at face value. And I so tell you, you, I would listen, Stephanie, you preaching to the choir. I will have legitimate conversations with people and I'd be like, no, I saw it the other day. It said they had said, and I'm like, who is they? Right. I, it, and, and people that I consider intelligent, whomever they find that fits whatever they feel, which is why some outlets, you know, and this is my talk, this is not Stephanie's per- opinion, but some out like a Facebook, I, I had to get off because I was like, I can't, I can't. The, the, and I know they go out of their way to try to change it now, but then for years we were listening to things that were just like, they said she had five heads and two kids. I remember this has nothing to do with anything, but I remember when Sarah Palin was running for office and um, she that was, was chosen beginning. rather, right? And social media, that's when it went in, I believe, I believe the misinformation went into a frenzy with the thought of this woman. She was so incredibly polarizing. But that's when I, that was my first witness of it all. For you remember that time, yeah, obviously, yeah. because that, that I mean, it was all about President Obama being a Muslim. Yeah, yeah. They started, he wasn't born here. Uh, and then there was something about her daughter having a baby by a black rapper. Like she was secretly pregnant and had a baby by a black. It was just all, I was like, enough. I can't, you know, it just doesn't sound logical. And yeah. in my mind, I'm all like, people will believe what they want to believe. So you're right. Misinformation is um, a huge problem because people don't want, like there are people who will tell you January 6th was fine. Nothing happened. That wasn't a threat to our country. But we're completely desensitized. Like I saw an article the other day about, um, and I believe it was from CNN about how, you know, like we, social media is changing the way that we think. Um, Our attention span is limited. So we can't absorb as much information as we used to. And, you know, it's creating more isolation, more violence, all of these things. It's like literally like, and changing our empathy levels as well. So like, because we're seeing fighting, we're seeing so many bad things on these platforms that make us feel like it's okay. So when we see, I don't know, the thousands of white people like storm the Capitol with Confederate flags, it's like another day. Uh, No, (laughs) it's not another day. And that's why it's so incredibly important um, that the January 6th hearings actually come to some sort of conclusion. And that's why it's incredibly important what's happening with the former president actually being, you know, potentially, you know, He's not indicted yet, but like all of these things are happening and they're important to actually protect our democracy because if there are no checks and balances, then what are we doing this for? If people are not going to be held accountable for their bad actions, what are we doing this for? Hey, everybody, I got to pay some bills. Uh, I wish I can vote to not do this. No more commercial breaks, but that's what happens. That's how this works. That's how this system works. Uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we have Stephanie Young. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. 
Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Naked. Stephanie is here. Dropping knowledge. Get your pen. Get your paper. She's going to give you some resources so you know it is important to vote. I want to repeat what you said because it's very powerful. You talked about the the actual voting process and how it began. It began for rich white men. That's what it was for. They started to expand it because they had no other choice because they wanted equity, not because they thought it was good to make sure that the marginalized, the women, the black, the blacks were included. It was because it helped their process. Um, and and over the years, we have refused to adjust rules that were based. How many years ago? You and know the founding I mean? of this country, and from seventeen <laughs> in the seventeen hundreds. I mean, we still think the system has changed a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> they and they still have the same voting rule. That's insane to me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is nuts. If you think about it, though, let's just think about when the Voting Rights Act that was what nineteen sixty five, I yeah. believe. Yeah, um, might even sixty four. Yeah, yeah. But it's in our parents' lifetime. Yes. Yeah, I, for yeah, sure. For we're, sure. We're, we we speed past and we don't recognize that. Like my grandmother was born in 1913 and loved Joy Georgia. And she technically really did not get the right to vote in this country until she was 50 years old. Same. So, my grandmother was born in 1912. She talks about it all the time. Same. So like, we're not that far removed. Yeah. And I think that like, we we're just, things are moving. It feels like we're moving so fast. Like time is like elastic. I don't know what's happening right now, but like yeah. things are moving so fast. We don't recognize that like we have not, we have not been on this journey so long. This is a very young, young country. Um, and that's one of the reasons why people are so afraid of our votes is because they actually know that we have the power to change things. They know this country is going to look different. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the next 20, 25 years. Like this is going to be a majority minority country. So people of color will be the majority. Mm-hmm. They know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is yeah. why they're That's why we're here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, whole, right. And also like, and I'm, I'm speaking literally on behalf of myself here, but if you, you've, you heard a Congresswoman say to the former president of the United States, who was a part of spewing all the disinformation and continues to be, um, to this day, mm-hmm. uh, which is beyond dangerous, literally say, and thank him for protecting white life when it came to literally. Row and I'm this like, woman, right? this woman, and that was not a She said she did not even misspeak. Oh, maybe I did. The next day, this woman was insane. I'm going to tell you what else is insane: the fact that we have a Supreme Court justice by the name of this is all Carrie Champion saying the fact that we have a Supreme Court justice by the name of Clarence Thomas with his okay. wife Jeannie, who is 100 in bed with the right party, right party, right there during the insurrection, during the insurrection, telling Trump to do all types of illegal things as the president this woman is a radical and do you not believe they don't pillow talk and do you not believe that he's not making sure she doesn't go to jail because what she did is it's one he should not be sitting on that he should should not be sitting defrocked whatever sit down look (laughs) as my mother defrocked (laughs) yes like a disgrace (laughs) my mother says that consistently but like it is a disgrace they're a good marshal that's a that's a person who feel deceit so, I mean, it is, it is, it's beyond me. We've reached like a different level. So no matter how exhausted we all are from everything, like we don't have the ability to like take a long nap here. So right now, and I'm not sure the exact air date of this, but we're about 10 Mondays away from the election. This airs on Monday. So that's okay. fine. Yeah. So days away. Yeah, and we can, and by the way, as we get even closer, we'll re-up and put more so- messaging out. And so- yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I, I say all that to complaints so people understand the urgency of what we're doing. So you cannot stay on social media and, and be like, I know what's going on with Kim Kardashian and North and not know what's going on in our country. It is unfair to yourself. It's unfair to your children. It's unfair to your family. It is so disrespectful in the country that we are living in. If we needed to vote, if you thought voting was like breathing, it is the equivalent. Like you yes. need to breathe to live. I promise you that's how I feel about what the, the the lack of urgency when it comes to voting. Yeah. And all the I think a lot of people live, especially because of all the misinformation they're getting or just lies really on social media. Um, you know, they they feel as if, oh, everything's rigged or it's conspiracy. I worked in the federal government. I, I worked there. Okay. <laughs> For many, many years. It wasn't your cousin at the Pentagon. You remember when, when COVID first started? Yeah, cousin at the Pentagon said, totally, you do not totally. have a cousin at the Pentagon. Stephanie right. worked there. She right. worked at, in Washington, D.C. She oh. is, she's legitimate, not your cousin at the oh. Pentagon. Go I'm ahead. Saying, people like me, like, nobody is coming up with some deep conspiracies. Like, it, nothing is, it, it's just, there are people who are trying to be corrupt, for sure. And that, that was definitely a former president of the United States. And we're seeing that play out right now. But at the end of the day, like, er, this is not an episode of Scandal. This is real life. This is not like, you know, last designated survivor. We need to let, and that's one of the reasons why I had the whole entertainment panel at our summit to talk about. We have to have new narratives um, and more nuanced stories that we're telling the public about government because it's not supposed to always be this kind of one like lane of like corruption, which I think helps to feed into any bad information you get. You're going to refer back to that bad TV show you watched, even though, yeah, we like to watch it. It's fun, whatever, but it's not real. 
And I think that sometimes we get wrapped up in these like fake conspiracies of like, well, it doesn't matter what I do because everything's already set up. No, it's not actually. But what, what, what's happening right now is that you're, you're really falling into that matrix of feeling like things are set up and people are like, well, great, you all stay home and I'm going to vote. There are people with, with huge platforms who believe that. And that is another part of what you said is you think is the biggest problem is the misinformation. Yeah. Uh, everybody I know, you know, something can happen. And they're like, I'll tell you, if you look back on this date, it indicated that and you're just like, okay. I, it, it, for me, I try to stay grounded and not really feed into it perhaps. But there is something, Stephanie, to the system is working the way the system is set up to work. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so, yeah. so what I think, again, People might be confusing conspiracy theories for the system is set to work the way the system is set to work. Right. Yeah. And one thing one thing I do want to mention is gerrymandering, because I think when you think about those members of Congress, right, you're like, okay, I'm from Atlanta. John Lewis was my congressman like my entire life, basically. Um, But we voted for him and we loved Mm -hmm. him. And he's obviously an icon and all these different things. And, you know, I think about that district in Atlanta and the way that it's carved out. And what they do is on the, on the state legislative side, right? So the people who you probably don't even think you're voting for because you're, you're not paying attention for them. But when you don't vote, you actually are voting for somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. Someone else, right? Um, they are able to determine like how they map out these districts, right? Um, in your state. And so what that means is that they have taken um, uh, the pin and gone super crazy to ensure that we don't ever want the seat not to be a red seat, right? Or we don't ever want the seat not to be a blue seat potentially. So let's make this whole like district, the shape of an E doesn't even make sense. So that we're packing in the voters that we know will vote for us. And so that this other group of people will never, ever have a chance to win. Um, And that is, that's what gerrymandering is. It's where politicians are picking their voters as opposed to it being the other way around. So it can feel like, well, sometimes it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what we do. We don't have enough numbers to beat this person, right? Right, right. That is what former Attorney General Eric Holder is working on right now with his organization. Um, and if you tap into what they're doing, I mean, they're, they're helping to, to redraw maps all over this country and, and helping to really end partisan gerrymandering uh, so that really does count when you actually vote. So some of these kind of more institutional problems um, that are creating, you know, the system to work in the way that they were created to work in, right, Mm -hmm. um, are being addressed. We might not know that they're being worked on. So I want people to at least have some hope and understanding that, like, the things that we're talking about aren't just like flying by the wayside and nobody's paying them any attention. People are working on them. It just takes a long time, just like it took 50 years to overturn Roe, okay? Because it didn't happen. It took them a long time <laughs> to get to this moment into this place. Um, and so it's going to take us a very, very long time to right some of these wrongs, but we will never be able to do that if we do not vote. And that's why it's so critically important. I'll also say one thing when it comes to righting some of these wrongs in the way our system is set up is that we had the, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. We we're trying to restore the John Lewis Voting Rights Act so that we can protect these states that have a history of discrimination on the on the uh, basis of race, like Georgia and other states that are experiencing high voter suppression issues. And then um, we also have the Freedom to Vote Act, which expands the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it helps with automatic voter registration in some states. It helps with more early, early voting days. It modernizes our system because we all grew up believing and everybody says the United States is the best country in the world. Well, are we? Yeah. There's many yeah. other countries yeah. are so great. Why are our voting systems so old and antiquated? Why do we go to a place, we go to a polling place, you have to wait an hour or two what hours. Why is that? I should it, be able to vote from my phone. Look, so, exactly. So yeah. why, why aren't we updating these processes and these systems? But it's not even just voting. Look around. We just got an infrastructure bill for the first time. I don't know, forever. Yeah. Uh, because our roads are crumbling. Obviously, climate change is, is literally taking over the world right now, all over the world. All There's over the world. Floods in Pakistan and all these terrible... Everywhere you turn. The flooding, Everywhere. There was a, it was, it was a massive flooding, I think, in Mississippi the other day or somewhere yeah. here. In, and, it's like, it's like, and it's affecting your drinking water right now. So, like, indefinitely. Like, there's so many things that are happening because instead of people, uh, you know, working on our behalf, People have been working to maintain power. 
they're not working for us, right? They're working the end result. With power, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're beyond frightened because the minority in this country is about to become the majority. Yeah, uh, sure. Chris Rock made a really funny joke. He said, um, you know, when kids act, re- they act really, really crazy when it's nap time or time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. They're doing stupid stuff. They're like out of control. And so, what's time to go in? You know, so like, <laughs> that is what we're experiencing right now. Like, it's people are a temper tantrum because they know it's time to go to sleep, especially yeah. over for them. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just don't want people to get discouraged by everything they're saying. I want people to know that folks are, are working yeah. behind the scenes as much as possible or yeah. front of the scenes. Um, but but we all have to do our individual part, and that is the voting. Yeah. And we don't want you to be discouraged. We want you to go out and vote. We want you to be activated. We want you to care about something. Because to me, that's a large part of what's going on with voter apathy and people not caring is because they don't they don't have anything that has ignited them. It doesn't affect in their minds. They can't see how it affects them as an individual. If you're talking to someone about voting, they're like, what does that have to do with me? That what does that have to do with my my me working day to day, paycheck to paycheck? What does it literally, have to do with it, it literally has everything to do from, from they the can't see it. Yeah, yeah. Well look, so in twenty twenty, I'll say this, like we had the highest voter turnout in modern history where mm-hmm. over percent of Americans voted. And they voted because obviously we're all sitting down, it was COVID. But you could see how government impacts your lives. If your president does not believe in a global pandemic, if your governor does not believe in a global pandemic, um, all of these things impact the way in which you are making money. Can you actually go to work? Can we walk Make out? Make it plain, Stephanie. So, so like we <laughs> saw firsthand how government impacts our lives every single day. And now they're trying to take control of our uterus. So uh, like now that to me, there's absolutely no excuse. And I know that through research, unfortunately, like messaging around, especially for young black people, it doesn't resonate that, oh, your grandparents fought for this right or they died for this. They're like, whatever, which is really sad. And they don't view voting as uh, a responsibility, but more as like a choice that they maybe should make. Um, but I would encourage people if, if you're, if you're interested, if you like history, if you, if you value it, um, Brian Stevenson, who is an amazing lawyer who works, um, consistently 24 hours to help get people off of death row. He has a, a lynching, uh, memorial down in Montgomery, Alabama. And I went there recently and literally, I mean, you can see these pillars, like you have to look up, like you are looking at a body and it is, it is jarring and you see the county and the name uh, and you see people with your last name. You can't help but think this is a family member of mine, Mm -hmm. but he has this whole wall looks like the Vietnam Memorial wall where there are reasons why these, these men or these women were lynched. And I kid you not, it's either either looking at a white woman. Okay, that was that was one of the reasons why, you know, folks were lynched at a high level. But the other one was voting. Mm. They voted. They tried to vote. It's like, oh, my God. Like, there were countless of African-Americans killed. Countless. Just for trying to vote. So, you know, I, I think us not understanding that history, be, it's beyond, like, for me, disappointing because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And mm-hmm. it, we take it for granted and shrug it off. Uh, and look, I get it. That's a part of voter suppression because voter suppression manifests in the physical through the laws and the barriers, but it manifests in the mental through the thought that my vote doesn't count. I love um, listening to stories when people tell me, like my uh, my grandmother would talk about when she finally got to vote or yeah. uh, they would dress up because voting yeah. was a privilege. They yeah. understood how it was like put on your Sunday's best to go and vote because it is a privilege. And now it's like, oh, is there one near me? Do I have time? Can I park here? You know, I, 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 I don't I don't know how. And I think we're trying our best to do that. But voting is still a ve- very much a privilege for the market. It is. I mean, where do you want to, do you want to live in a democracy? Like democracy is where the people are supposed to have the power, right? Mm -hmm. So you can only have the power if you participate. And I think that we've been spoiled because we haven't had to think in this country, well, where is my water coming from? Do I have to walk, you know, miles to a well to get water? Or do I have electricity? Or do I have access to this? You, we have access to so much and we've just sat down and gotten comfortable. And I think, too, like after President Obama was elected, it was like, all right, well, he's going to fix everything. And, <laughs> and I'm not going to do anything else. I mean, literally, that's what happened. People sat down. And that's why in 2010, you know, he lost the House of Representatives and he was so limited in what he actually could do. But you had people like Mitch McConnell back in the day stand up and say, we're going to make him a one term president. You had people stand up in 
on the floor in the House of Representatives and call him a liar in a tone where you know that it wasn't liar was not the word they wanted to they say. They wanted to say exactly the other so, ER, not the, on, I mean, like, <laughs> so, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think I think President Obama doesn't get all the credit that actually he deserves um, mm-hmm. in, in trying his his best to work in a system that that was racist and that I agree. I had agree. No, had I no agree. interest in working with him and showing him the respect as a man. Um, and then turning around and being mad and being like, well, he didn't fix this or he wasn't able to do I this. And then, you know, and then sitting back. And then, and then listening to all that disinformation, which is heartbreaking um, in 2016 and allowing like all that chatter to deter you from to deter you from voting. And now we have a Supreme Court that looks the way it does. So I there's so many examples to point to. I think the thing that we have to remember is this. For those of us who do participate, it can be frustrating when we talk to our family members or the people in our lives that don't. Right. We have to remember this. It takes seven touches to get people to get someone registered to vote. <laughs> seven so you can't just go hey register and they're like okay that's like an anomaly like, well, you gotta go back you gotta, you gotta go, go back, back. Oh, did you finish did you complete it make sure you do yeah. this did okay. you do that like, seven, seven touches so it's not going to be a one and done these conversations aren't a one and done you have to consistently talk doing it. To people. yeah and then also for the people in your life you have to say look i will do this with you i'll help you get registered I will go vote with you. Yeah. Um, and what we do at Women Vote, we have parties at the polls. So we'll be having parties at the polls uh, this uh, October for early voting and going into obviously election day, November 8th. Um, you know, vote, National Voter Registration Day is coming up. I know nobody knows about that day. Only people who work in this space do. <laughs> but regardless, um, the September 18th is going to be a really big week of action where we'll be out there registering voters. And we would love people to join us in doing that. We're going to have a big training call on the 13th. We're going to have another call um, on the 19th with someone special, wink, wink. So (laughs) that that people are, you know, if you want to do your part, you you feel like you want to do more. We are that, that space for you to come to. We make it easy. We try to make it fun and celebratory. Um, But like, this is a continual conversation. And I hate when people say, we don't want to talk about politics at the dinner table. You should. Absolutely. (laughs) Because if you don't do politics, politics will do you and it's doing us. Amen. Amen. Stephanie Young, thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom. More importantly, keeping us focused. We have to vote. That's all that matters. That is the end of the discussion. You don't know who to vote for. You can go to whenweallvote.org. You can type in your address. You can find out who you should be voting for party wise, whatever works for you. And more importantly, seven touches, y'all. I'm going to keep saying seven touches. That was nice. Touches. It's seven touches. And if you feel like uh, for those friends who say voting isn't everything, well, it's the first thing. Then you got to advocate for the issues you care about. But that's another that's another episode. But and, vote- and we will have them all. Trust <laughs> me. Um, I appreciate you so very much. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before I let you go? No, just make sure you're following us on social at when we all vote. We have a lot of explainers breaking down everything that's yes. happening so that you can feel smarter about what's going on. And yeah, we'd love for you to join us and, and volunteer with us, especially in these upcoming weeks of action. So don't be you intimidated, you guys. No, it's not, it's an easy process. It is. Easy. <laughs> and we're here with you. So thank you, Carrie, so much. All right. So again, midterms. She said about 10 Mondays away. I'll I'll re-up this, guys. I will re-up this so that you uh, make sure that you pay attention. But what I thought was really important, she said you can go to the When We All Vote website, put in your address, and then say, hey, who should I be voting for? Because it is intimidating. It is an intense process. But we need help, and that's okay. All of us need help, myself included. I need you guys to follow them at When We All Vote. That's on Instagram, When We All Vote. Or listen, go to whenweallvote.org. That's what she said. That's how you can find out how to register to vote, how you can find out what you need to be doing in this next election. And you can also see what other events that they have coming up. Um, I will revisit this just before midterm elections to make sure that we are activated. We cannot let them take this privilege away from us because voting is a privilege. Go ask your great, 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 great grandparents. Okay, they may not be around. Go ask your great grandparents or your grandparents or your mom. Voting was a privilege for the marginalized. It really was. And I think we take it for granted. And I hope that you've learned something today as we try to change the world. Thank you for listening to Naked and I will talk to you all next week.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.